Welcome to the Crazy Poultry Podcast. I am your host, Ian Guile Loco, and joining me once again for another free-range episode, Mr. Gobbler Damon Anderson. Damon, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, go, going pretty well here in, you know, whatever we want to call this, Indiana. <laughs> 90 degree weather. So, <laughs> so, so summer is kind of hitting here. Uh, once again, we will be keeping this whole social distancing thing going. He's still at his house. And uh, how's it going over at your house? Going good? Uh, not, not too bad, actually. Because I heard you got some painting and stuff going on over there. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to, you know, might as well with all the all the COVID stuff happening, you know, might as well get some house stuff done. Well, spending time in house, hopefully. Uh, pretty much what else can you do? Exactly. Other than, other than just be lazy like I am most of the time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so... Uh, Kind of going into this uh, free range with just like a few topics or whatever we've decided to bring up and talk about. Uh, I I just have uh, been checking out a lot of June stuff actually recently, and I noticed that throughout the years June had a couple of pretty significant releases as far as film. Oh yeah, yeah, and eight of them stood out very predominant to me uh if you're ready to jot these down because i'm going to ask you about a little bit about them okay uh well one obviously because we already talked about it in a the episode before this batman forever came out in june (laughs) and if you want to see our whole thoughts please go watch our no mercy rotten egg special with mr gobbler Soulfly, George Phoenix, and Nick Rashikin. Uh But we also then had Spider-Man 2 from Sam Raimi came out in June. Uh, the original Blade Runner. John Carpenter's The Thing. Jaws. Jurassic Park. Gremlins. And Ghostbusters. Wow. And <laughs> multiple of those actually came out the exact same weekend and day. So I was looking at going. That's pretty crazy. The, those would be some significant double features. Uh, because both Blade Runner and John Carpenter's The Thing came out the same day. So that's one hell of a sci fi uh, you know, double. Oh, yeah. And then Gremlins and Ghostbusters came out the same day. So that's one heck of a comedy thing to go see. Uh, and and I kind of found these out later. Uh, they're not in June, but I found it actually today. Two gigantic sci-fi films actually came out, and that's Terminator Two and Back to the Future. So, holy so crap! That's that's a heck. I if I would have known that, I probably would have watched both those today before this. Um, but kind of, but going back to like the June releases, actually. Uh, there's actually some significant ones on here as far as like, you know, that have impacted me, the ones that I've seen like in the theater and stuff. Uh, yeah. Of course, I didn't see Jaws in the theater, but that's significant to me. I didn't see Jurassic Park in the theater. I didn't even see Gremlins for like the longest time. I didn't see that until I was like closer to in my 20s. So, but gosh, Ghostbusters was huge for me as a kid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, So what I'm going to ask you to try to do, I'm going to try to do this first just to kind of give you some time and think about it. But as far as like your personal ranking of like importance for you, like how how these film go. So I'm going to start with the obvious one. Uh, yeah, it was a part of my childhood, but we talked about it enough. I'm going to start out. I'm going to start okay. out with number eight is Batman Forever. <laughs> just, just because. 
Uh, Batman just because Forever... <laughs> so what, what exactly do you want me to discuss about it? Like, just kind of what it, how it impacted our childhood? Well, like, this is, like, my ranking of the eight. Like, as far as, like, okay. for me, like, how they've stood as far as, like, impactfulness to me. And oh, if, okay. And I if maybe there's, like, a difference, like, with you, you can bring that up. But mine is Batman Forever because, yeah, it was part, it was definitely a giant part of my childhood, but that's because I'm a giant Batman fan. But it did not hold up over time, and that's why I'm putting it at eight. Yeah, I would honestly probably put it on the lower end. Um, I'd probably put it about seven or eight, yeah, probably closer to eight. So are you going to agree that it's at eight, or are you going to put it at seven? I, I, I okay. agree with eight. Um, at number eight for me, again, I think it's due to the fact that I just didn't see it a whole lot, but I still really like it. I'm going to go with Gremlins. It. Okay. And you, so you're going to give that well, as well? No, I'm putting that at seven. Like, okay. So yeah. you're going to put that at seven. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's still a really good film. It's just that I came into it very late. So that's why it's not as a giant impact on me personally. Now, do you agree or do you put something else at seven? Um, I'm going to probably have to put Blade Runner. At seven okay. Because I've only seen Blade Runner, the original one, like one or tw- once or twice. Although I'm not going to deny it is a fantastic mm-hmm. film, but compared to, you know, when you've only seen it like twice, it's kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to really justify putting it extremely high when, you know. Well, yeah. I, I've only. You, you don't have a whole lot to go on. You're just like, I I get the experience, but. Yeah, I vaguely, I vaguely remember it. Like, I probably couldn't tell you any really, you know, vocal parts in it because it just. It was, you know, such a long time yeah, ago. That's fair. And I'll get to my reasonings for that in a little bit. Um, probably next for me, I would probably actually have to go with Spider-Man 2 at 6 because it is definitely, without a doubt, my favorite of the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Like, Doc Ock is probably one of the best comic book villains put on screen. And I think the writing also got more serious and adult in this one. But there's still just a few things in a little bit of the storytelling and the writing that I'm not gigantic fan on. Mary Jane is still not great. In fact, she's she's probably still yeah. one of the worst things in this entire franchise. However, I still actually stick up for that they actually make her better in three. It's just it's just that they didn't yeah. fall apart towards the end with that with but with her, but it still was a big impact on me because I saw the first Spider-Man in the theater and then I saw this one, so I was very hyped for it. But as far as staying time, it's not as strong as the rest for me. So Spider-Man 2 is number six for me on this list. Do you agree or do you put something else there? Um, I actually i am going to put Gremlins okay. in my number six. And how, and how do you feel about it? Uh, I like Gremlins. Um, I can watch it today and still kind of get you know a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, but it's just it's one of those movies. I I I owned it and I watched it quite a bit. But like, I can realize it it, it is what it is. It's it's a goofy kind of for the time period kind of. It was a weird time when like Troll was coming out and you know. It was just like you had these little funny creatures. You had critters coming out probably close to the same time, I believe. Like, you know, that weird little creature feature kind of movies. <laughs> and so it's fun. It's a fun watch, but it's not something I could like force myself to be like, okay, well, I, I need to sit down, crack a beer, and watch Gremlins, you know? I mean, I could be that way. I think it might be a new Christmas special for me because it is a Christmas movie. Uh, that's fair. That's fair, I guess. The- This is where it starts to get a little difficult, so I have to split hairs, really. Um, Okay. Jeez, let's see. Um, Number five, this would be? 
I would I would have to go with the thing because really just okay. just be, I do not at all deny that this is like a great sci-fi movie but here here's one here's a couple of notches I'll give that put it just a little under again it was one I came to very late I didn't watch this growing up and it's a remake which people always will fight about which one is the superior one, which I will detect. I will always pick this one because for one, the special effects hold up amazingly well because they're also practical. The performances are very strong, especially from Kurt Russell. And it also came out around that time when I, when I, as far as when I watched it, I wasn't totally down for like a depressive ending, which this definitely is. But as life has gone on, I can appreciate and understand a depressing ending now. Uh, but yeah. again, just because I have to split hairs here, that's why I'm only putting the thing at number five. Uh, do you put? I, do you put the thing at five, or do you disagree and put someone else? I I, I I'm actually going to put Jaws at number five. Really? Okay. Yeah. Please explain why. And my reason is because actually it's kind of been the reasoning for a lot of the reasons why you put some of the films lower. You kind of got mm-hmm. in late. Well, that was kind of me. I didn't watch the Jaws so much later. Like I was, you know, Spielberg for me was, you know, really Jurassic Park. That's, that's all I knew Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. from. And I, I just, I watched it later in life. And now, I mean, now I can watch it and I really appreciate it as a horror movie fan and appreciate the work that it's done. But as far as, like, holding up for me, like, I just, there's some of the other movies have been something more that I can, you know, appreciate because there's more to it. It's not just I can appreciate as a mm-hmm. film. I can appreciate, you know, I, I look into things like what how it makes me feel after watching it, you know. And there's some, there's some of these movies that I actually will put higher just because I get more, I get one nostalgia that, that definitely helps boost it. And I get just good feelings from watching it. Whereas Jaws, I like to watch it and I think it's fun, but I can sit and watch it and appreciate it more than I can just sit and watch it and just be like, you know what? I I love watching this. Like this is something I actually really am just heartfelt to watch it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, okay. Uh, at number four for me, again, this is so tough because I'm splitting hairs here. Uh, surprisingly I think I'm going to go with Jurassic Park Uh, and yes a giant portion of this is yes I watched this as a kid and I was amazed by it it still holds up today and I still love to watch it it's still the only I still only consider the first one all the other ones can just go away (laughs) in my Alan (laughs) well that part is one exception, <laughs> uh, but as I've also watched it a number of times, though, I've also noticed like a few small little character decisions and stuff that it said that I was just kind of like, really? Uh, although although <laughs> one uh, thing that I noticed that it was both a detractor but also a positive because of how hilarious it is. And that's when I realized that there was a cartoon sound effect when uh, he falls down the river before this, uh, the poison raptor or whatever kills him. Like as soon yeah. as he slips, you hear a, <laughs> and in fact, it's the same sound <laughs> effect used in Batman forever. <laughs> so that is amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, but this still also was a game changer for, you know, CGI and using also practical. So if you want an example of something to sh- that uses both of those probably to the best, like half each, it's Jurassic Park. Again, this is so tough, but I'm splitting hairs here for me personally. So Jurassic Park is number yeah. four for me. Uh, do you agree or disagree? No, my number four is actually going to be Spider-Man. Okay. That, it probably w- made it much higher up than a lot of people would think, but please explain. 
Um, well, because I think this is actually I I, I consider Spider Man two to be the best Spider Man, mm-hmm. and that and that's including the new ones. I still consider Spider Man two to be like the ultimate peak of what Spider Man movie one. Doc Ock was amazing, fantastic in it. Now, um, now it's with the Spider Man movies. Are you counting into the Spider Verse? I, I uh. I don't think I'm going to. I, I'm going to go. Live, okay. Actually. Yeah. Because I, I would consider probably Into the Spider Verse yeah. better. Um, but as for me, Spider Man Two was around that peak age where, you know, I, I seen it in theaters because I I loved the first one. I watched the first one so much, like all the yeah. time. And then when I heard there was a second one coming out, I was like freaking out. I was so excited, and I went and seen it in theaters. And I, I just I, – I was in love with it. Like the whole – like I remember being a kid and watching this so much. I just I, – I loved it. And it was – it's such a – you know – and, and I, now that I watch it today, it has some of the better scenes in it. That, like, you know, the scene where he stopped Oh, yeah. Playing. That's one of the best parts that's, ever. That's, yeah. And I, I just generally think it is – Honestly, a very good film to uh, really sit and watch. And, like, you know, that was before, like, the third one with the whole, you know, emo Peter Parker thing. Like, that, that's when it got kind of silly. But, like, two, I think, took itself pretty seriously. <laughs> and it made a good, it made a solid story and had good characters, good villains. And I just, well, no end. I just you know, yeah. I could go on yeah. for hours. Well, <laughs> one of these days we might do a whole Spider Man trilogy talk. Uh, also, I just want to throw in here real quick. Spider-Man 2, probably the best comic book intro with, like, the paintings and stuff recapping everything. That is that is beautiful. Jeez. Yes. Uh, At number three, I'm going to be going with the original Blade Runner. Uh, beca- okay. And this, again, was one that I said I came into late, but and like, but unlike you, I have now I've watched mul- not either multiple versions, but I've watched it multiple times now. And every time I watched it, I grew to appreciate something more and more to the point that I really loved it. There's only like one part that always just kind of weird for me personally, feeling wise. Uh, but I yeah. can kind of get like on board with that nobody else kind of sees it that way. And I can also see it that way, but I think Harrison Ford is great in it. I think the look of it inspired absolutely every sci-fi that was then made after that. And also apparently this is like one of the fewest, uh, older films that got, uh, brought up to 4k and it looks amazing, which that's something I want to see eventually. I do, however, I'm one of those few that actually likes Blade Runner 2049 a bit more because I like I like that yeah. the story then dives into a bit like more about humanity and stuff without yeah. answering some of the bigger questions that are put in here because they're meant to still be questions. Uh, See, like like I mentioned with Blade Runner, for me, like it's just you know a film that. You know, I feel like I need to rewatch it. And, you know, honestly, it might go up because, you know, watching it so long ago, like it, it's it's hard to justify a movie that you may be seen a handful of times. Whereas like Spider-Man 2 is something that I've seen probably 60 okay. times. I, you know, I, I was going like, to say like 25, but no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've really put in the time. I used to watch movies over and over again as a kid. But, so. but it's also important to watch what I believe is the right version of this. Blade Runner 2049, which is the yeah. final cut, because the original cut has a very poor ending, which is why he changed it up. So obviously, obviously, <laughs> Blade Runner didn't quite make it up there. So, what is number three for you? Uh, okay, so in three for me, three is the thing. Okay. And my my reason with that is because. I was actually quite late on the game because I, I wasn't too late. I was probably 
I don't know, probably 15 the first time I saw the thing. And I don't think I quite appreciated it as much as it was when I was 15 because I watched it and I liked it. I was like, yeah, this is a cool, you know, kind of, you know, crazy kind of movie. Well, I watched it again a few years later when I was about 18. And I started, you know, I, I was really more into horror at that time. Well, I started watching it and, like, really learning to appreciate how good it was. Like you mentioned, the this, you know, the special effects in it are yeah. crazy. Like, still, still some of the best today. And it's just crazy how that, you know, how much work was put in. And the fact that, they, you know, some of the props in there was just made out of stuff. They bought it like a grocery store and, you know, just random crap that they just threw together. Mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, easily very influential and great film. Uh, so, so, oh, yeah. Although, <laughs> had a terrible prequel. Uh Oh god! <laughs> oh, this is so hard because to me, these next two, I was putting childhood against you know my film love, mm-hmm. and it it just barely ekes it out. But I'm just gonna say it in sequence: number two goes Ghostbusters, and number one goes Jaws. Uh, wow! And the reasoning is because I I still love Ghostbusters. It's one of my personal all time favorites. It's a comedy classic, also. But mm-hmm. Jaws has stood the test of time. It's one of the best written as far as like characters giving you things about them without saying anything. And because yeah. they knew the shark prop did not work, they had to work around that and didn't show it a whole lot. Now, what you can all what you can also say are uh, digs technically at these is that they have had inferior sequels. <laughs> Again, yeah. I decide to live in my own personal bubble universe, and I say, "No, Jaws was made, and none of the other ones were made." Uh, Ghostbusters was made and none of the other ones were made. Uh, but Jaws is also one of the few films that I personally give a perfect A++. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And that's my own opinion. And I feel, and I already know that Jaws is already out of your list, but... I feel like I understood where your next two might go, but go ahead and tell your next two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll let you know one and two. Number two is Jurassic Park, and number one's Ghostbusters. Yep, I'm not surprised. And what obviously ekes out Ghostbusters over Jurassic Park? Okay. Well, for me, I love Jurassic Park. It, it is. It's again another film that I watched a ton like i had such a good time watching it like it was it's it's a it's a really fun watch and it's just a beautiful movie to look at like i mean the special effects in it are just fantastic like it's just out of this world good the fact that you can still watch it today and look at it and be like no that's that's good that's still really good blows my and mind and that stuff and that but stuff today doesn't look as good yeah, uh, but for for me, why Ghostbusters above it? I can watch Ghostbusters even today, and still get the same enjoyment that I've watched every other yeah. time. And I don't think any other movie on this list can do that for me. No, that's I can still. And for me, Ghostbusters is just a a film that was just a step. And it's I, I mean, every time it's on Netflix, comes back on, I watch. Mm-hmm. I watch it every single time, and it, it's just quotable. <laughs> like, I mean, Jurassic Park is quotable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It is definitely quotable, but nowhere near Ghostbusters. I can just sit and quote Ghostbusters all day, and just, I mean, and it has full, probably four of the most lovable characters of any movie. Like, you know, you can look at Jurassic Park and be like, ah, he's pretty cool, you know, like that, you know, Ian's cool in this, like, you know, you can like, uh, you can enjoy it, but like, Bill Murray's character, you know, lovable. Like you just want to. He, he's a lovable. He's a lovable dick. 
Exactly. Exactly. I, I kind of have to in- emphasize Dick here because he is a dick. <laughs> um, Plus, Rick Moranis yeah. just, is just fantastic. And, and, you know, we don't get to see much of him anymore mm-hmm. at all. So it's just, I mean, there's just so much in it that is perfect that I think that, honestly, this would probably be in – Ghostbusters would probably be my top ten films of all time, honestly. Yeah, it would probably be in mine, too. Uh, I I would also say, though, you can also, after you watch it several times, you can also then notice other things that you never have. Like, the biggest one that actually took me the longest to really realize until I listened. Uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, the guy that keeps on, that accidentally lets out the ghosts. Uh, oh yeah, he is actually one hundred percent in the right because he yeah he no. wants to, he needs to investigate because they have nuclear base in the city, so he needs to do clearance to make sure that nothing can go wrong and hurt all the citizens. But you know, Bill Murray is, as I said, a dick to him and doesn't allow him to. And that's all he wants to do. So he's actually 100% in the right. And oh, the goat and the goat. He's just doing his job. And because if you even go back to when they're in the elevator for the first time and they've never used the equipment, he's there, they even say that. They're like, you know, it's not like I have a nuclear bomb strapped to my back. And uh, when they even turn it on, uh, Venkman and, uh, oh, geez, uh, Murray's character just kind of. Uh, you know, lean towards the other side, like, uh oh. <laughs> but th- that just adds to the comedy. Uh, yeah. That, without a doubt, Ghostbusters is still a fantastic movie, has held up. Uh, so, yeah, just some interesting and pr- pretty cool that I noticed that June was actually a pretty strong year so far as release movies, as far as impact. Uh, oh, yeah. So, did you. You said that you probably had a certain topic you wanted to bring up. Well, it's mostly uh, – so I've been, you know, with all this stuff going on, I've been kind of checking out this and that and watching stuff on Netflix especially. And I, I've been going back and watching some movies that I like vaguely remember that I haven't seen in a while. And one of them that I uh, took a chance to watch was Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's crazy to me like wa- watching the film and comparing it to today's world yep. it's just nuts you know with the whole like mer- military industrial complex type thing like you know how we tend to do that how we tend to you know like the film the film portrays it very well like and it's a really good film though it's fantastic and it, it's fantastic I just was it's fantastic and it's not at the same time, but that's what it's an arm. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's a very solid film and I, I, I really got back into it and I realized I actually really love this film. Mm-hmm. Just It's just fun watch. It really is. Well, it, I, I'm sure that it was one of those that came out that people who either like, you know, this is either stupid, so are secretly genius it's it was always left up to how it was gonna like age and it's it's gotten oh, yeah. way more of a you know following yeah very cult following and yeah. has actually ended up getting some actual praise now so also funny enough uh the same director of starship troopers was also the director of robocop which I could probably see that. But that was also another sci-fi thing that was actually tackling social issues underneath everything, just like this one is. It's just that this one was a bit more over the top and goofy. Yeah. Well, it's crazy watching Starship Troopers again, like, how good it looks. Mm -hmm. It actually, like, the bugs and stuff look quite good. I, I I was honestly really surprised seeing, you know... Seeing how good all those bu- the the bugs like you know the uh, all the different types of bugs and stuff like they look pretty good. I mean, there's certain spots where the CG's kind of, eh, but for the most part, 
Like, they don't look bad. Mm-hmm. I, I would also say that also it's because the way that it is made and the way that it's portrayed and acted, you could totally just think of this as a dumb action movie and still have fun with it. So it, work, so it works oh, yeah. on that level, too. Uh, exactly. It has been a while since I've watched it, so I don't have the best memory of it. But one thing that does stick out to me is I remember Denise Richards' character just couldn't die for some reason. <laughs> she, she, even got, <laughs> she even gets, like, stabbed, like, through her arm, you know, area. And then she's like, picks up a weapon and starts firing, like, soon after that. And I'm like, Huh? <laughs> Yeah, you're like, yeah. That, that's that's like right. some of the stuff where I was just like, okay, my belief is a little bit out. But then again, I am watching a thing that uh, is like, you know, giant bugs and stuff. Also, I vaguely remember, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like this special rocket weapon that was just like the most over the top and just that was like a one hit kill for like any video game ever. <laughs> like it. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty pretty like wicked. It, like uh, rivals anything that Tony Stark made, <laughs> as far as for the military. <laughs> uh, Speaking of that, uh, if we're if we're going to uh, fantastic films, uh, if anyone wants to check it out, they're on Netflix. They just put Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Oh yeah, I did hear that. Uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. I I just end up. Realizing and noticing that I actually have two copies because I have the ultimate edition of the series, but I didn't know that it came with two films and that was one of them. And and I just didn't know that. But when Mask of the Phantasm came out on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, I'm getting that immediately right now. So, yeah, because I also want the cover because the cover is amazing. Oh, of course, yeah, it's iconic. Yeah, I think the other one it came with was Batman Sub Zero. That's another absolutely fantastic. Yeah, one. I've I've yet to watch that still, but yeah, at some point I'll get to it. I I've been kind of going through the series a little bit too, so that's why I was getting fresh in the Batman mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as for me, I've really haven't gone over a whole lot. Uh, I did just pick up. Uh, Memento. Ever seen yeah. it? And I noticed that I don't, I don't think I've seen it. I've heard of it. And I noticed that I'm only actually two films away, f- was two films away from actually having every Christopher Nolan film. The only one, the wow. only one I, well, his <laughs> list is actually relatively short. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I get. I guess you're right. Uh. But the only one I don't have so far is, of course, his first one, which is the hardest one to find. Which is called the following. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, it's like an hour and nine minutes, and it plays with the whole timeline thing that he's known for, which is what carried over into Memento, from what I understand. Uh, but I've also been yeah, and then you, you mean you got a you know Inception as well. Yeah, but uh, then I kind of mentioned it to you. I've been kind of checking out and collecting up the Wes Anderson film collection. Because I've only seen a couple of them, and I've heard that all of them are pretty, you know, actually really good, if you like his style especially. The only one I've watched lately that I kind of then soured on a little bit, that's just because of the way it went. Like how it was made and stuff was uh, Isle of Dogs. Which I yeah. which I just gave to George because <laughs> he's a dog guy, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey, you, if you like Wes Anderson and you like dogs, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of this." I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just that there were stuff in it that I was just not a hundred percent with, and that I could watch it multiple times. Uh, however, I I have seen also Grand Budapest Hotel, which I really love. And Moon, yeah, in Moonrise Kingdom, which I also really like. So yeah, Moonrise Kingdom is pretty solid. So I've been kind of building them up, and I've been getting the Criteria Collection Edition because I really like the style of these. Um, so yeah, that's been basically mine. Other than uh, listening to different music band albums that have been coming out this year, where I was like, "Hey, I only have ten to listen to this week." And then by Friday, I have to add 10 more. <laughs> so that, that's been my days. 
So, yeah. Uh, kind of another topic I had thought about bringing up on here is, and it, I also wanted it to be kind of a broad that you can pick from, uh, like of recent time, like what has been like a very big disappointment for you. Yeah. As far as like a film, a franchise, a TV series, or some like that, maybe even a music album. And like, because here's like a good example that I could put as a giant disappointment, but going okay. going into it, I knew it was going to be bad. But then after I watched the series, I realized that I hated the film, which is Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, but that's that's not my pick because I felt like that was going to be bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of recent years, probably one of the biggest singular disappointments for me actually was uh, It Chapter 2. Really? Yeah. Even though I own it, but that's because <laughs> I have to I have part one, so I'm like, I have to have part two. But And it's not a god-awful movie. There are stuff in it that I actually like, and I get entertainment out of it. But as far as what I had going into it, and then you have the cast, and then I see what I see, I'm just like, this did not live up to me part one, but you didn't even make part two of the miniseries even that much better. So that was my singular film disappointment so far. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's fair. I would say, um, you know, you would think, you would honestly think that being in chapter two would be, you know, a little bit different. But like, it really did. There was a lot of hype behind it, and although I did enjoy some of the parts, like there there was definitely, you know, some pretty decent stuff in it. Like when you're comparing it, like especially the first one. The first one was actually, I think, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, they it was just it was kind of lackluster. Like, although I like I said, I do enjoy it. And I could probably watch one and two next to each other, and I'd probably have more enjoyment. But well, and, as far as watching it a singular film, yeah, eh, it was okay. Also, going into that, you have to have like a five-hour window. <laughs> Yeah, because for some reason they made part two almost three hours. I I really didn't think that it yeah it, that, that time mostly because there was twenty minutes added on to it because uh oh jeez why am I blanking on his name uh McElroy wanted yeah. more of like this stuff with his character and this little boy to get more exposure yeah, yeah. and stuff and I was just like you know you're not you don't always have to listen to the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, again, not, like, the worst thing ever, but as far as, like, what I had going into it, that was kind of a pretty big disappointment as far as the past few years. Um, as far as, like, and it's funny enough, it's going to go right back to last year, really, but as far as, like, a franchise now that has been disappointing me, and that's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, yeah, if, that's fair. If anybody listened to or has asked me about how I felt about, especially The Rise of Skywalker, I was not really a fan of it. Uh, I thought it but, was okay, but I, I'm not a fan of the, you know, the big reveal. Uh, I didn't like pretty much any of the reveals. <laughs> I, I thought that it was really lazy and kind of just. I'm just trying to please any fan fiction. Well, it's almost like they they took, uh, you know, without trying to make this a Star Wars speech, uh, it's almost like they wanted to, like you said, appease both both sides of the fans. Which which when you do that, you please nobody. Yeah, because they were like, we're going to, you know, make the new ones happy while also trying to make the old people happy. And we're going to bring back a character that's like, you know. This, this, that, and it's just like, wow, well, I mean, this didn't need to happen. Well, I mean, it, it, it's been long enough. We can say the details, like, yeah. But, well, no, I mean, you know, bringing back, bringing back the emperor, yeah, made it seem lazy. 
It was. That, that was the issue. Like, it's just like they're bringing back a, a known character to try to, you know, like a fan service almost. And I'm okay when, you know, films do fan service. I really am. But an issue with that is you, you run into stuff like that. You run <laughs> into those issues. Well, like for me, as far as like because of that, and I'm, and this is like an overarching about the franchise now. Um, they clearly did not have a like line that they wanted to tell a certain story throughout these last three, because to me, as I've gone back, uh, Force Awakens was a way to get the bands fans back on the bandwagon really yeah they played it very safe but they wanted to introduce these likable characters and show hey we can make the star wars style and bring it back and it won't be like the prequels which everybody complained about and i think they failed miserably well that like doing that i still feel like that's the strongest of the three because it's the most enjoyable and easiest one to watch I, you know, I I will agree with that though because honestly I had a lot of hype for the Force Awakens. Oh yeah, really you did. you you can't go not going into it because that was the exact same way they felt when Episode One came out, and, yeah, and then you know, and everybody was exactly. raving about it. Exactly. But then after they like kind of sat down there and thought about it, they're like, wait, a lot of this is kind of stupid. And why was there so many Senate meetings? Why did this feel like a CSAN special? Yeah, uh, and that's that's the thing. Like, I mean, I watched – and the thing is about Force Awakens is it's okay. Like, I mean, it's not like awful, awful, but I can watch it and I'm like, you know, because I do I, – Kylo, I think it's actually a really solid villain. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think out of the whole thing, he was my favorite story arc out of the whole movie because well, he was actually solid. Again, going into that to these three, to me, he's the only one that actually has an arc. Because then you get, you know, Last Jedi, which you know we're not going to spend too much time on because the old hit, the old internet has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, it took risks that weren't the best for a lot that a lot of people wanted to see and stuff. Uh, it does have some sequences and a storyline that, to me, is definitely weak and just drags the film on. Yeah. How, however, I still think it has actually some of the best fight sequences in all the Star Wars movies. It's very well shot. Um, and it just really was the first Star Wars movie that came out that said, we want to challenge the fan base. And we want to challenge what everybody thinks about Star Wars, which I don't think yeah. anybody was really ready for. And that also then gets into the whole, like, how much should artists follow what the fans want? Yeah, yeah. And now I'm not fully on Ryan Johnson's side here because he also stated that he didn't necessarily want to make a Star Wars movie. He wanted to make a Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is averting expectations and making some story changes that a lot of people are probably not going to be on board with, which I'm not fully on board with. But the biggest one I liked is that they weren't making Ray in the bloodline, that she was a yeah, nobody yeah. that could get this power through great concentration. But then they're just like, oh, well, the fans don't like that. So now we're going to make her a Palpatine. Yeah. And that that was to me, like I said, very, I don't know. It, it was just, that was not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And, in, and they could have also had a very, I think, challenge, one, one challenging thing that could have been in. Rise of Skywalker actually could have been the ending where she's asked her name and instead of saying Skywalker, if she had said Palpatine, to me that also could have been like you're taking a name that's associated with evil and stuff 
but trying to make it good again. Yeah, but, and the thing is, they could have definitely put in some work and like done really good, but I just, I don't know. They, like, I, I really, I don't think there was any malice in it. Like, I don't think they hated the fan base like or anything like crazy, but I do think you know, I don't know. I, I do think they could have done much, much, much better, and you know, done something different. The, but as far as like also with the whole franchise as a whole, I'm go- kind of going back with because then I looked at the other stuff that was also released. Uh, Rogue One, I'm not a giant fan on. I like the way it's shot, and I like the way it feels like a real battle and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the characters are not the strongest. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Solo, I thought, was just a giant waste of time. <laughs> the only thing that Star Wars has made lately that I think is still strong is the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, we can thank John Favreau for that. Yeah, but now I'm having second thoughts on that because with all the stuff that was coming about that they're bringing back Boba Fett. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, does does death really exist here in this universe? Because you can be a Jedi ghost as uh, Yoda showed, but you can still mess with the physical matter universe. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and if they bring back Boba Fett, I'm just going to be like, okay, you know what? It's too much now. See, I, I really want to. Um, I, I really wish they would take. You know, although I, I wasn't a huge fan of Solo, they took something you know like a, a story and went with that. And I don't. I don't necessarily mind that. I just don't think they went good about it. But there's so much going on in the Star Wars like outside universe that it doesn't have to be related to Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But it's too much of a risk. And that's the issue, is it's way too much of a risk. And then I don't think they're willing to put in the money. But it's shown that doing risky things, like, you know, <laughs> Guardians, you know, <laughs> like... Yeah. Sometimes the risk Taking is them. Yeah. Uh, well, but that's just where I stand on Star Wars. It's just that they've become very safe. There's not a whole uh, artistic feel to it anymore. And... Surprisingly, after I thought about it, after I saw Rise of Skywalker, I was like, oh my gosh, I think the prequels had a more concise idea what they wanted to accomplish. Honestly, yes. They're like, we're going to tell the story about how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. You may not be on board with every decision that is made and that what we add to the universe, but that was their main goal and idea. Well, to me, yeah, see, the thing is, people always try to give me crap about it, but I, I honestly like the prequels better than I like the new ones. Well, that's been the newest thing, is that because I have to compare how I feel about, like, these, really these, like, two and a half, or maybe one and a half out of three films compared to... Again, maybe one and a half of the prequels because each one of the prequels has something that I do like, and especially uh, Revenge of the Sith, which I think is easily the strongest one out of all of them because it feels the most like the old Star Wars movies. Yeah. Uh, but there's a whole lot still there that where decisions made that I'm just like, really, midichlorians? Are we really doing this? And then, but there's also a lot of stuff that I just watch back and I'm like, well, that again, that's what they wanted to tell throughout the series, throughout these three. That's what they wanted to set up. And again, another thing I'll give credit actually is after the prequels came out, you know, who took the brunt of the blame and owned up to it? George Lucas. Mm -hmm. Whereas, these ones, the blame keeps getting passed around. At first, it was like, well, it's Ryan Johnson's fault. Well, now it's Abrams' fault. Well, now it's Kathleen Kennedy's fault. Uh, it's just the blame gets passed around. And 
the original writer and I think director of what was supposed to be Rise of Skywalker, Colin Trevorrow, who did Jurassic World, uh, re- released actually his final cut of the script. Yeah. And he and he and he pointed out Emperor Palpatine was not in it one bit. <laughs> See, like you know, a lot of it has to do with you know people. Uh, the the studios really have a lot to do, and you see that with a lot of things. Though, like studios taking taking over and you know creating something different. Like I just I don't know. Well, they they have had like this whole thing about hiring and then di- firing directors for the Star Wars yeah. universe. Like uh, Lord and Miller, who made the Lego movie, were supposed to, who directed and shot basically the whole thing of Solo. Yeah. But di- but Disney didn't like their style, so they fired them and then reshot the whole thing with Ron Howard. Exactly. Which, okay. Which okay, you just spent 150 million to make it once. You're gonna then do it again, so you're making yourself a more financial hole. Yeah. And as and as far as what we saw, and then we saw them make uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I'm just like, okay, I want to see the Lord and Miller cut now, <laughs> because without a doubt, most of those actors like Woody Harrelson came out and said we are having way more fun with Lord and Miller. Well, no, exactly. You have a lot of, you know, you actually have a lot of studios that are doing that nowadays. And uh, one of the big ones is uh, we're getting the Snyder Cut, finally. Yeah, for HBO Max. Which, oh, geez, that's that's one of those things where I'm like, is that really is that really going to drive me, though, to get it, like, once so I can watch it? Because I've understood they're like separating it into like a four episode structure. Yeah, because it's so it'd be so long. But there's going to be so yeah. much extra that you know, like there's going to be so much with within it that I've heard that it's going to be needed. You know, it's going to need to be that long to be. You know, it'd be like watching the, the extended Lord of the Rings all the way through. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but again, that's just going to bring up the question of: Is it worth to s- subscribe? Yeah, to HBO Max. Honestly, uh, I might, I might do my free trial <laughs> and just like watch it and then I'll back off of it. So, well, you better hope there's still a free trial. Exactly, because that's the other thing. The only thing I've heard about HBO Max that's pretty good to watch right now is apparently they're Looney Tunes. I've heard that too. Apparently apparently they like go back to like how how they were originally back in like the 40s or like how someone said everybody on cocaine. <laughs> Which when I thought about it I was like huh, they kind of all had a thought like they were on cocaine. They did. Uh, but yeah. Uh well, I'm gonna say unless it's like another quick another quick one, we got about like six six or five more minutes. Yeah. So, uh, unless you're unless you had something brief to bring up, uh, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, I I guess uh, one thing I'll throw out there that really fast that was a disappointing TV. F- franchise for me ultimately then turned into game of thrones for one season <laughs> yeah and it's really sad with stuff like, like cause you have you know you, you probably spent a lot of time watching yeah game of thrones and it's like it, it's really sad when it becomes ends up becoming bad like towards like the last seasons like same thing with walking dead yeah after season seven i was done with that yeah, it's just it's sad when you know the series kind of falls short of, you know, what it currently was. Like, because I remember watching a couple seasons of Walking Dead. Fantastic. Like, it was really good. Really structured, and I, I liked the characters. And then, like, I just never finished it. And then, like, I heard such bad things later on. I'm like, well, do I even want to finish it? Like, Well, that's the thing. It's like, right now, there's no end in sight from what I understand. Because even though they've constantly been losing ratings they're still in one of the top 10 or so when it does air 
so, I mean, they're already going past 10 seasons. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't even know if the comic book series has even ended, but uh, it's, it's just like they're ongoing and it just, there's no difference in the seasons. So that's why I became so bored with yeah. it. Uh, uh, other than when Negan gets involved, which I was just like, oh my gosh, this could pick up. And then the season that he's like involved with, and then a season a half and a half with him, I was just like, okay, is this all he's going to do now? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, as far I own uh, two, two series that I want to try to get into at some point, which uh, is Good Omens, which I heard is really good. Yes, I've heard a, good a, things. A, a, one, a one season, because it got canceled for religious reasons, but uh, apparently they knew they were going to be ending after one, so they actually wrapped up, I think, everything from what I heard. So it's not like a alpha thing where it just goes to black and you're like, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I also got a the Firefly series and Serenity, which is supposed to be the final yeah, uh, episodic thing. But I also did just finish because I got Hulu, uh, what we do in the shadows show. And that is a great show. It's a great movie and it's a great show. Uh, so those are going to be the major things I'm getting into. Uh, any kind of updates from you as far as what you're going to get into? Uh, I, I mean, I, ha- I have a ton of shows and movies that I plan on, you know, eventually watching because, you know, my list is crazy. But I don't necessarily think I have any specifics of what I'm going to be. It's, it's mostly a, lo- a lot of the movies I've been keeping up on. I, You know, I'm excited for movies coming out. Like, you know, I'm still waiting on Black Widow to come out, you know, stuff like that. It's like... I, there's plenty of movies I'm waiting to come out, but with all this stuff, it's very unfortunate that the you know the the whole thing has been kind of crapped on. Well, that's that's more of a question of for me of am I going to go and see these? And I'm still at the point of no. Yeah, and it's as far as I as much as I really want to see Wonder Woman '84, Tenant, especially exactly Tenant looks but, amazing. Yeah. And and again, it's Christopher Nolan films. No matter how you feel about them, they're made to be on the big screen. So that's why I'm going to probably be like, "Well, this might be your first one that I'm not going to get to see on the screen." Yeah. So, but again, that's my own personal take on it and how I'm going to go about it. Uh, for me, with everything right now, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yep. So, yep, we're uh, coming to the end here. Uh, just want to say again, thank you, Damon, for joining. I uh, hope that you continue to have fun, even with doing it like this. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting until we can uh, eventually, you know, get back together again and uh, actually do this, you know, from from the the main place. But uh, this works for now, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's going to turn into whenever you know everybody like is comfortable with coming back to like the location basically. Yeah. But other than that, it's kind of, it's kind of nice that you don't have to really try to rush to get here. Exactly. And honestly, this might become more of a, you know, kind of a mainstay within this, you know, within doing it because I, you know, I don't know about everyone else, but this is, it's more easier, you know, me living so far away, I can kind of make it in and, you know, we can actually keep pushing forward with the podcast and, hopefully make the episodes really good. And that way I don't, you know, I, you know, and then other, you know, like George, he, he doesn't have to come. You yeah. don't have to, you know, we don't have to make the time. We can just do it more remotely. Yeah. Uh, but really quick, get, I'm going to get out my goodbyes now. Follow me on Twitter at GuyLoco89, Ian Novak on Facebook. And please, if you've been enjoying this, subscribe and follow here on the crazy poultry podcast spotify google whatever you get your podcasts on uh once again thank you damon for joining me and i'll see and i'll I'll continue to see you at work now which is way more fun uh other than that guys see you later stay safe and enjoy some entertainment